0: You are listening to a production of the Toll Network, home of Biting Analysis. This is Moonspeak Phase 2, Episode 26, Playing the Sex Card.
1: Uh, this is Sona,
0: And I'm Amit. Welcome to Moonspeak Phase 2, your source for weekly Moon Crystal Season 3 discussion and analysis.
1: Um, who, I am, there is, someone is updating Wikipedia every week with episode descriptions and not credits, um, so I still don't have that information.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Well, if only. Um Well, let me make like the person on Wikipedia and tell everybody a little about... A little bit about what happened in this episode, in a segment I like to call "Glimpsed in the Water Mirror." <laughs> I just was so tickled by that phraseology, I couldn't couldn't stop myself. Um, so quickly, the mysterious sick girl with healing powers is Hotaru Tomoe. Which, uh never mind, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, her dad, Professor Soichi, uh, yeah, is it Soichi or Sochi?
1: I think it's Soichi.
0: I think so I'm, too.
1: I'm fairly certain that's uh what it is.
0: We'll wait for a judge's ruling on that. But anyway, Professor Tomoe, uh is founder of the private Mugen Academy after having been kicked out of the public school system. Uh Hotaru is bitter towards his assistant Kaori who is pretty obviously uh Megis Kalonite, um, to the point that Hotaru yells at Corey to stay out of her family affairs. The girls follow Rei uh, to the mountains where she's training for her 15th birthday uh, and break up a plan by Yudiel, a uh, uh, firemaster of the Witches 5, to do something to a bunch of new Mugen students. Usagi kills Yudiel and gets kissed by Haruka. Uh,
1: I did a quick Google search and it is soichi. Uh, so just to, to clear that up.
0: Okay, thank you so much. Uh,
1: I, I actually completely forgot his first name because it was so infrequently used. He's usually just, you know, Professor Tomoe.
0: Is it? I mean, we don't have to get into, like, you know, Japanese 101, but isn't Tomoe, like, an anagram of Emoto, which means maiden or virgin or sister? Um, and should I be reading into that?
1: Um no. I don't okay. think so. Okay. Um that's not something I've ever heard come up. Okay. <laughs> um so I don't I think that's just you know the name that was chosen for her.
0: Hey, I watched Forze, okay? So <laughs> Yeah, like... no,
1: I was about to say, I mean like I, they I guess sometimes they'll use anagrams because that's literally how everything was determined in Forze. Yeah.
0: Uh <laughs> Uh, okay. So we don't need to dwell on that. Um, you're ready to move on to the rough demands? Yes. All right. So what rubbed you the wrong way for me? I had two minor things and then one major. Um, so my first minor thing was Ray wanting to keep Usagi out of things. The whole team should face things together because they're a team.
1: Yeah. And I agree on this and it kind of goes against the nature of the group. Um, I know that Ray especially is protective of Usagi, and to a degree I can buy her- th- her plan to, like, wanting to keep Usagi specifically from preventable dangerous situations, uh, because that's literally their job. But to keep the other girls out of it, like, to go off on her own and to, you know, to go off with just Makoto to face everyone and leave, uh, the other girls behind- seems to kind of fly in the face of who the Guardians are and have always been to Sagi. They work together using different strengths to protect the princess, and it just it seems very weird.
0: Okay, second thing, like a nitpick, is Moon Spiral Heart Attack strikes again. I'd like to see other attacks from Sailor Moon herself.
1: Uh, yeah, she... Uh, uh, Saggy does kind of get, like, one attack a season, she did. She had a couple more attacks in, like, the first one, but she kind of, you know, is the big finisher uh, in a fight, so she kind of only has the one attack.
0: Which is fair to extent, but, you know, she has that attack where she catches the moonlight and shoots a giant laser off of her forehead, and I'd, I'd like to see that one more time, at least.
1: Yeah, so would I, you know, that, that's a good attack. <laughs>
0: um, anyway, so... Uh, then my big issue, and it was only the really one big issue, because it was was like a really solid episode, uh, but it was the kiss at the end. Um, it was stolen or forced. It wasn't quite as bad as Mamoru trying to kiss Sleeping Usagi in Masquerade Dance Party, which I think was Act 4 or 5, uh, but still it rubbed me the wrong way. Um, this feels extra creepy to me because I feel like she's using sex or sexuality as a weapon, not homo or heterosexuality, just... An aspect of sex itself, which is supposed to be mutual, bol- or mutual, pleasurable, and consensual. Uh, and she's using it as like a thing or a weapon, a tactic to throw off or harm Usagi. And like, I, I don't like that. Also, yeah, like, you know, anyway, I'll stop. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, not even like using s- something sexual as a weapon. It's because, you know, a kiss doesn't have to be, um, doesn't have to be sexual, but just using something that's very intimate and that, you know, to Usagi is something that she only does really with one person. And um it's it's very much like that's Haruka's plan. That's what she wants is to kind of throw Usagi into this complete disarray by any means necessary just to keep her and the others by extension out of her and Michu's way while they do what they gotta do. And it's very much a display of power. It's not something that Haruka has any feeling, like, romantic feelings towards Usagi. It's entirely... uh Haruka is strong, so she can do what she wants, and she's aware of Usagi's kind of relationship with Mamoru, and she kind of uses this as an effective weapon. And I'm not defending the action by any means, because no, 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 no don't do that. But desperation leads to bad choices, and as far as bad choices go, Haruka tends to be king. Um, I actually went and checked the manga on this, too, because the pacing felt very strange to me. Um, this is actually the first thing that happens in Chapter 29 instead of the last thing that happens in 28. Huh. Uh, the last thing that happens in 28 is Usagi going and chasing after Haruka, um so we kind of in in the way the manga is paced we actually see it happen and then immediately get reactions and you know how Usagi feels about it and her being upset about it um instead of being left on this very uncomfortable cliffhanger where it happens and that's it until next week everybody hmm. um and i feel like the manga pacing may be a little better as far as making it less, slightly less uncomfortable just in that it happens and then we immediately get feelings about it right. instead of, yep, just here it is and you have to deal with this for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is just hanging in the air right now.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a weird bit of pacing and on that level I'm also not fond of it.
0: Okay, so, uh, let's distance ourselves from things that we're yeah. not fond of and, and move on to the frills. Um, so, there was a lot of, like, this whole episode is really great and there's a lot of fun, fun things, but just, hi- I'll just highlight a few things that I really enjoyed. Um, the Silver Millennium family is co-sleeping at Mamaru's place in, you know, all in his bed, and I thought that was really sweet.
1: It is. It's so cute. And I like that Usagi's family will just let them go and sleep over at Mamoru's because I have to imagine, like, they know where she is and where <laughs> their, like, seven-year-old, like, pseudo-daughter is. And, like, it shows that they trust Usagi to spend, like, the night at her boyfriend's place with her sort of sister-daughter. Uh According to them, it's her sister. So, and I mean, that, I'm sure that helps them having, like, their 15 year old daughter spend the, 14 or 15 year old daughter, like, spending the night at her boyfriend's place. But, you know, they also, it shows that they trust her and that they respect their relationship. And I think that's really nice.
0: Okay, the next thing for me is, uh, Makoto was so excited for Ray's birthday. Like,
1: she was. Yeah.
0: It was ridiculous, but oh my, it was great. I
1: love it. I I it's so sweet and it's very much Makoto wants to like throw a party and make a cake and do all the fun things. Um and I love that about Makoto because, you know, she's the big scary tough one, but she's also so not.
0: Um, okay. So then, you know, more with Makoto. She and Ray seem like a really tight pair this episode, while Makoto and Minako um, seemed like a really tight pair last episode, and I love how true all these relationships are between the girls because they all have different facets that complement each other.
1: You know, it, it is very nice to see the girls, like, not kind of paired off in ways where, like, Makoto can hang out with all of them.
0: Um, And then the final thing was um, Minako has made herself Artemis pajamas, and I love it.
1: I loved... I I actually had to, like, stop for a second at the Artemis pajamas, because I'm like, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen, and I want a pair of them. They're, s- th- they're super cute. Um, speaking of little details in this episode, the Sailor V, like, computer base got a sweet couch. They got a nice little couch where they can all, like, hang out in there now. There was never anything for anyone to sit on in there other than Luna's stool. Um, but I want them to also get one of those for Artemis, because he is probably sitting on some very important buttons being up on the console like that. But
0: at the same time, you know, it's something cats do, so.
1: True. But, I mean, like, Luna sitting there with, like, her legs up on the console, just get get Artemis a stool so he's not sitting on something that we need to use.
0: Or even just, like,
1: put him up on the top of the monitor, because that is a cat (laughs) thing. Um... Also, Chibs already has a crush on Hotoru uh Hotaru and it's really
0: cute. Uh I'm I mean they're in the opening credits together, so it'll be interesting to see just like how quickly their relationship develops and how much time it's given, so looking forward to seeing that. Um okay. So, quotable quotes. Um I think we both have best lines from this episode, not worst lines, so Yes. Uh, here we go. Um, this is it. Uh, do you take it for granted that women can't beat men? Can you protect your precious ones with that mindset? And that's how it gets to the girls after they were upset with him, in quotes. So they perceive him as him for beating Makoto, uh, so thoroughly at judo.
1: Um, and I went with, uh, Mitru, perhaps what we're going to do is meaningless. Maybe it's too late, no matter what we do. Uh and we started it knowing that Haruka, which is kind of two lines, but they kind of need to be together. Um a, an exchange between Haruka and Michiru when they decide like, okay, we're gonna also be looking for these talismans.
0: Um okay, so time for Inquisition. Uh we have let's see, one, two, three, four. I don't know why I feel the need to number them, but we have four questions here. And, uh, listener, you can feel free to, uh, give your answers to us, either in the comment section or, you know, on Twitter, on Tumblr, whatever. We're, we're accessible. Um, but anyway, Sono. Uh, if Hotaru can heal people, why is she sick? Wouldn't you think she could just heal herself?
1: I mean, it's a common trope in things for healers to not be able to heal themselves to avoid overpowering them, but... Hotaru has a lot going on, and that's kind of the most I can say about that right now.
0: Okay, fair. Uh, I get the idea of putting limitation on a healer for the sake of a story, but I actually get the sense that something more is going on here. It's early yet, and so perhaps I should give it more time, but I have this hunch that Hotaru is this other light that will awaken, and, uh, you know, it's being referenced by the like, Pharaoh 90 and uh, Kalanite, And that Professor Otome is somehow sealing or suppressing her power. or Tomoe, I'm sorry. Man, I'm all messed up. Tomoe. (laughs) Uh, Okay, anyway. um, Like, he's sealing or suppressing her power or poisoning her, maybe, with her medicine in an attempt to eliminate the threat without killing her for some good reason.
1: I'm going to, you know, keep whistling in the corner over here uh, (laughs) and let this develop as it will.
0: All right. Um, so, Haruka chides the girls for their sexist mindset, like we just talked about, um, when they're upset with how she out Makoto. What do you think is going on in that scene? Uh,
1: well, I mean, for one, it puts uh, Haruka's disregard for gender on display, but it also kind of shows how the girls separate their daily lives from their missions as guardians, while Haruka and Michiru do not, um, like, Heruka goes full force, no hesitations or regrets, just as hard in something as simple as a practice judo match as she does in a life-or-death battle for the fate of the universe. And I think that's really what, uh, she's trying to say to them. And she's not gonna go easy on an enemy just cause they're a man or a woman or a child. And she knows that the people she's facing in- Like, she knows that the girls are- Like, the people should... uh, I worded that sentence very weirdly. Um, She knows who the girls are, and she's making a very subtle to outsiders display of her lack of respect for how they're doing things and kind of their mindset towards this.
0: Um... I can see that. By the way, that was only your second mistake in, like, 80 shows we've done together. Do you want me to edit that out, or or just keep it like it is?
1: No, it's... It's fine. Just leave it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, so, I think the girls may be reflecting a kind of ingrained sexism here. Um, they have defeated men before, and I feel like Makoto was surprised by how aggressive Haruka was, and could easily beat her in a rematch. Um, Makoto demolished Black Moon, uh, droids by hand, you know, so she can do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... (laughs) I definitely think Haruka is trying to shake the girls into cowering from the fight uh with the Deathbusters to eliminate the competition. I see now that the Deathbusters and Haruka and Michiru are seeking these three talismans, and I assume that the Sailor Guardians are going to soon figure out that they need to get them too, um, probably to protect the universe. And, you know, Mamoru had that little uh questioning of himself yeah. after the dream, like, are these things we need?
1: Yeah, so. and I mean, Ray also had that moment uh, the second time that... uh Kalanite tried to kind of read that prophecy.
0: Yeah, I, I really like the idea, and this is a total tangent, of Mamoru through his connection with the earth, Rey with her, like, inborn psychic ability, um, uh, Hotaru with her, I'm probably a sailor guardian, but don't know it yet, um, and, uh, Shoot. And Kalanite, um, with her divining, uh, specifically and like with water and with that jewel, like are all getting glimpses of this prophecy. And like, I feel like there's some fifth element that's central to all of them and holding this all together. And I'm just like dying for it to be revealed. M- and M- be M- really is cool. also,
1: uh, divining with her. Oh, Milar. yeah, you're right. Don't I'm forget. Sorry. Um, true. so you, you've got kind of every party. And kind of every facet in this having some slight access, but they're all kind of accidentally interfering with each other. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, very much the theme of this arc. Um, this kind of people walking into each other's paths and making things accidentally more complicated. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think Makoto really expected Harga to, like, fight her so aggressively, just because she isn't aware of who Haruka is, she went in and like, okay, we're gonna do some judo. Like, I know how to do that, I'm, you know, ticked at this guy being weird, but, you know, whatever, we're just, we're just gonna fight it out. And she's like, oh no, we're going to actually fight it out, okay. And I feel like if she went back in and she'd be like, oh yeah, no, if that's how you want to play, that's how we're gonna play. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, totally. She she th- her like introduction to the show is her throwing a guy like three times her size.
0: Yeah, you're right. It, it, before she got her powers, even. I mean, it's yeah, just, like it's she hard. she
1: was she was just Makoto, and she just threw a guy like across the street. <laughs> God bless her.
0: <laughs> uh. Alright, so, next question. This is three of four. Uh, Is Kalanant just calling the cat uh, Daimon defective because it was defeated, or was it actually somehow defective?
1: Since at that point she hadn't gotten, like, the talisman prophecy, I think she just assumed, like, well, it's defective because, you know, if it wasn't defective, they shouldn't have beaten it. And I don't know if maybe it's because it didn't come from a human host. Um, She thought maybe it was weaker.
0: uh yeah maybe um I'm guessing she's probably a dog person uh maybe. but but really, I'm unsure how to read this uh so of both your ideas sound uh sound good or seem sound, so uh there's that also side tangent like when uh Usagi killed <laughs> sorry, I just it's really funny this uh show you know the girls are like killing people all the time um with their magic uh you know when she killed um Yudal. Uh, the. All the energy that was being pulled from people that was forming into an egg, like, broke apart. So, if I'm reading this correctly, did that ceremony or whatever she was doing, like, she was drawing energy from all these people to make an egg so that she can put the egg in something else or whatever and then create another, uh, diamond? Is that how it works?
1: Uh, well, I think she was gonna, like, draw energy from them and then give that energy, like, to Pharaoh 90.
0: but then it didn't
1: work because they were stopped.
0: Right, okay, that makes sense. So I think it's interesting, like, first of all, you pointing out that, like, there are basically five factions right now, right? Uh, Or
1: not factions? Well, is technically, like, part of the Sailor Guardian faction, but he's also slightly separated from them, just in that he's not technically one of them. Right. Uh, But But he can give them... He can... If, if you look at it as, like, Hiyusagi Hi, and Chibiusa are kind of one faction, the Guardians are another faction, then you have Kalanite and the Witches 5, and then you have Hotaru. Right, right. And then you have Haruka and Michiru.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so you, so can like, kind
1: of, you can kind of divide everyone up that way.
0: And it's a really interesting mix, and I really love how Takuji's just, like, there's not... Like, the Witches 5 obviously yeah. parallel to the five Sailor Guardians. Um... But at the same time, there's all this other stuff going on, and I'm really satisfied with how Takuchi, again, I was not complaining, but I was mentioning like, oh, this feels very much like Black Moon and Dark Kingdom, and it totally doesn't just by the second act of the manga, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's like really satisfying how she was able to take everything and kind of flip it over, like twist it really into all these I different think- things.
1: I think it helps that this time we have this kind of third... Because, I mean, if you put Usagi and Mamoru back into the Sailor Guardians faction, um, you get this kind of third faction in Haruka and Michiru, who are, at the moment, working kind of against Usagi and everyone else, um, just in that they don't like them.
0: <laughs> right. Um, okay, so. Fifth question. Um... UDL presents herself to Magus Kalanite as Yuko Arimura, a student deeply involved in the school, because she's, like, a philosophy instructor somehow, even though she's only a student, and other stuff. So, like, are yeah, all the witches was, five?
1: I went, I went back to the manga and looked that up, and she does say that she's a professor and okay. not a student. Um, like, she's a philosophy professor, but it's weird because she's still wearing their uniform, and that's not a thing that teachers do. Like, in Japan, (laughs) as far as I can, like, even at, like, an academy like that, um, that's not a thing they do. They usually just, you know, dress nicely. Like, there's not a teacher uniform or anything like that.
0: Um... Yeah, that's really weird. So, like, was she a student? Are the other witches five students? What's going on?
1: (laughs) Um... Again, it's been many years since I revisited this particular arc, so there may be details that I'm not remembering or misremembering. Um, I remember in the first series, they were very specifically not students. Um, but I don't remember if they ever disguised themselves as such. Um, like when Eudol, or Iudal, I'm not sure how to pronounce that because that's a weird word with a lot of vowels in it. Um, <laughs> when she's just herself, she looks much older than she does as Yuko, she seems to de-age a little, um so that she kind of looks the part of a bit of a student. Um, and then, you know, when she turns around and turns back to herself, she kind of grows a couple inches and looks a little older. Um, but Mitru's comments to Mamoru about it being a school to train sorcerers kind of implies that they may at least be looking for new recruits there.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. Um, and, you know, they're going to need a new recruit unless they want to start going by the Witches 4, uh, which, like, I doubt that. Um, can you imagine them changing all the letterhead and getting rid of all those monogrammed hand towels?
1: This is literally exactly what happened in the first series, though, like, over and over. I've included I- in our notes um, several screen caps of as they decrease in numbers, they just start taping new numbers over their door <laughs> that's labeled Witches 5.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty great.
1: (laughs) Um, that was a fun running gag over the course of the first series. We don't have that door here, so we can't uh, we can't continue that visual gag.
0: That's really too. But that is
1: actually exactly what happened: is they just started calling themselves the Witches Four, the Witches Three, and so on.
0: That's funny. Um, I'm gonna have to drop those into the show notes um so yeah anyway with mitru's line i read it as they are students by day and which is by night So
1: yeah um they do they are definitely like within the school either way i think they're supposed to be teachers but i don't know what's up with them like wearing the uniform i'm not i'm not sure what that's about
0: Okay, and with uh, me accidentally stumbling upon a visual gag that I had never seen, um, I think we're going to get out of this episode before either of us starts going all, like, psychic and glowy and divining things. So, <laughs> um, uh, Sonya, you want to say anything to the uh, listeners before we get out of here?
1: Um, no, just we'll see y'all uh, next week. Um... Again, you can contact us, uh, Twitter, you can leave stuff in the comments, anything you want to say to us. Um, you know, we're always happy to discuss stuff that we've talked about on the episode with you guys.
0: That's right, and, uh, thank you for listening, everybody, and remember not to force yourself on somebody and kiss them if they don't want you to.
1: Yeah, don't do that! That's a (laughs) terrible idea!
0: Even if Haruka did it, because remember Prince Demand also tried it, so you know it's not a good thing.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even when Mamoru was doing it, it was not a great idea.
0: This is true. Definitely, and
1: like, don't do that.
0: You don't want a cat yelling at you.
1: Yeah, no, Luna will find you.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Like, I don't, I don't know how she keeps getting people pictures of people in that computer, but <laughs> I mean, she can clearly, so she will track you down.
0: Yeah, I thought about that. I thought they needed to add something in this to just say, like, oh, yeah, we have little robots flying around taking pictures, but uh,
1: no. She just goes out during the day. (laughs) Luna Luna and Artemis have their biz.
0: (laughs) That's true.
1: Little camera in Diana's bell.
0: She got pictures of Haruka and Michiru flying away. How? She wasn't even there.
1: (laughs) Magic. Space cat magic.
0: I'm gonna say that the girls, all their gems and their on their tiaras have recorders on them.
1: You know what? I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah. Let's go with that. Alright, well that's that's it. Let's go.
1: See y'all next week.
0: Uh if I knew the nineties uh anime better, I'd make some sort of tuxedo mask swishing his cape and running away joke, but I can't, so <laughs>
1: work here is done (laughs)
0: well that's what it is that's right (laughs) maybe that's how we should close every show (laughs) but you
1: didn't do anything
0: (laughs) oh that's funny yeah we should go with that for the future
1: (laughs) oh well I guess our work here is done (laughs) so we will see you all next week